first and foremost, you can do it alone, but you are not alone, right? And so embracing the community, the special needs community, the supports that are out there and available, they have so much more now than when my daughter was young. Asking for help, it's okay to ask for help. It doesn't make you weak. You know, we all learn things differently at different times in our lives and I'm still learning. So being open to learning, also understanding that your journey is going to be very different than the next person, even if your child has the same diagnoses and being willing to accept that life, while it may look different, is not necessarily bad. It's just different. And then also really just forgiving yourself for the expectations you might have had that your child doesn't live up to and adapting those expectations into the best way to support your child is some of the greatest helps that I found over my own journey that could help anyone that's just getting started. Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. On today's show, we'll be discussing Hatched and Homebound. Are you a caregiver for an adult child who might not ever leave home? Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. Before I introduce you to our guest today, let me start by sharing a message from Naked Parent Nation. Naked Parenting is the process of moving from where you are today to liberation. Naked Parenting understands that the mind is responsible for all your problems. On your journey, you will eliminate suffering so you can be present and joy-filled in order to give your child the best version of yourself. Naked Parent Nation is a worldwide community of parents and professionals raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truth, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there's no need to feel sorry for ourselves, be angry, or feel lack. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we expand our consciousness so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one until we're able to see and experience gratitude and beauty in everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment one day at a time. So if this is your first step on the path or your 10th, I'd like to welcome you to Naked Parent Nation and the Naked Parent Podcast. And before we get to our guest today, Let's take a moment to center and ground ourselves and give ourselves a moment of peace and acknowledgement that if we search from within, 
we can always be okay. So if you want to sit up straight with your spine erect, let your eyes fall closed. Slowly lift your gaze up to the center just between your eyebrows. And just take in the sounds of the room and see if you notice any tingling in your body anywhere. And together we're gonna do three inhalations. And as we inhale, we're gonna tense our muscles in our fists and clench every muscle you can in your body. And then hold your breath, visualizing the breath at the top crown of your head. And then after we hold it, we're gonna exhale and let your fists relax and all your muscles relax. And we're gonna do that three times. So inhale and tense. Hold, exhale, relax. Inhale and tense and hold. And exhale, relax. And on this last one, hold it as long as you're comfortable. Inhale and tense. Exhale, let it all go and feel that peace. And then be conscious of your breath. And realize that it's your breath that gives you life. It works even when you're not thinking about it. But the more we can focus on our breath and block out the wild thoughts circling in our heads and trying to figure everything out and fix everything, the more we can see the beauty in our lives and our children and in whatever we encounter. So as you open your eyes and come back into the room and join us for our conversation, I'd like to introduce you to Heather Bench, who's a life coach and specializes in special needs individuals and their family members, among other things, which we'll learn about. But Heather, thank you for being on the show with us today. Welcome. Thank you. You are calling in from where? Ripley, Tennessee. How long have you been a parent? Let's start with that. <laughs> so I've been a parent for 21 years, almost 22 in June. And is your child on the spectrum or have unique needs? Yeah, so I, my first child, the 21-year-old, she has special needs. She has autism spectrum disorder. She has an intellectual disability. And just recently, we found out that those two things were due to a genetic disorder that she has, which is rare, and it's called SYNGAP1. Wow. And so rewinding back, when did you first notice that something didn't 
seem like it was going the way you thought it was supposed to? So I would say at birth, I was a young parent. And at first, you know, first few weeks, I thought this is a really good baby because she didn't cry. You know, she didn't seem as needy as people told me she might be. And so I waited out throughout the weeks and waited to see what might happen. But the more that she didn't interact with me and seemed to be off, you know, to herself, I figured that there was something different about her. So you didn't have denial like a lot of us have. You um, you were on to it. Did you did you go to your the pediatrician? How did who did you consult with what you were seeing? Yeah, so I took her to the pediatrician. And I just told them what my concerns were and that she wasn't progressing like I thought she should be, like other babies were. I was in the military at the time, so they offered me all of the services that were possible to get her on track. So she started at six months old with, you know, therapy, speech, OT, PT. And we waited to find out what it was that was causing, you know, her delays. So that's cool. So you got the early intervention. Was your primary care physician supportive in helping you kind of get to the bottom of what was going on? Yeah, absolutely. So anything I asked for, if I said I needed an evaluation, if I said I thought she needed a different type of service, um, it was provided to me. So that was nice to have in the beginning. I remember having my first child being a big shock. It was a big change in my life to become a parent. It was difficult to be a parent. When you learned that your child had special needs, how do you remember that feeling? How do you remember that being for you? What did you go through in kind of realizing what was actually going on? Well, I think from having a difficult past myself and being in the military, I was very proactive about trying to get her the help she needed. So I didn't really take time in the beginning to feel what it meant to have a special needs child. I just went and thought that I could somehow help her get the help that she needed. And then the problem would be solved. It was pretty ignorant there in the beginning, but I didn't know what I was dealing with and how long-term it would actually be. And so I don't think I went through that until she got her autism diagnosis later on, which was uh, about five. At three, they said she had pervasive developmental disorder, but they didn't know what was causing it. Uh, It started to settle in then, but I think it really started to hit me when she got her autism diagnosis. And then I started to feel the long-term emotions, right? Like, how am I going to help her to grow up? What is that going to look like? those kind of things. Yeah. Did you have support? I did. I had my husband at the time and I had the therapists and and the special needs community, but I didn't reach out in the very beginning. I just figured it was something that we could handle as a family. And we did the necessary services, but we didn't do much else. So probably there was more support that I could have taken advantage of in the beginning and didn't. How has the growth been for your daughter through the years? I said very slow. (laughs) Yeah. When she was seven, that's when she got the intellectual disability diagnosis. And that's when I felt like I started grieving 
because they told me that, you know, she would hit a certain age developmentally and, and most likely stop there. So not only was it my mission to get her to be as independent as possible, but I also felt the finality of this diagnosis and the ones before it, that there wasn't much I was going to be able to do to change it, but I could only support her from there on out to be the best that she could be. So as she grew, it, it was very slow. There was things that she wasn't even able to do until, you know, she was 10 or 12. And, you know, even now as a 21 year old, I compare her depending on what we're talking about, but for like a three to seven year old, if we're talking about communication, you know, I would say being able to speak to us and communicate what her wants and needs are, she'd be about a three year old. But if we're talking about certain skills, that's anywhere between a five and seven year old, you know, so maybe comprehension's a little higher now, but skills are still way behind, you know, life skills and being able to take care of herself on a day to day basis. So it, it's been real slow, but it's been steady overall so so my 13 year old is very low functioning i mean yesterday morning he got into his diaper when i got in and there's feces all over his face and all over Mm -hmm. the walls so sometimes it's difficult for me you know to when i hear somebody saying how hard it was that you know their child didn't get potty trained until they were seven years old like my child will probably may never be potty trained um Mm -hmm. Have you had some of those feelings throughout the years? Because the growth from my son is so slow. Yeah, absolutely. And I I shared those same experiences you just talked about. You know, um, I think that happened earlier when she was younger, where, you know, she was very sensory and she wanted to, you know, get into her feces and put it all over the wall and the TV. And I remember times like that, that I thought I just couldn't possibly get through another day like this. Like there's got to be something that, I can use to get through to her and help her to understand this is not okay and learn different ways of understanding her bodily functions. Then we talk about behaviors and things that, you know, progressed over time and they seem to have gotten worse as we've went along. And again, that feeling of, is this ever going to be any different than it is now? Am I going to be able to handle this long-term or am I going to need to ask for extra support? So, and, and the potty training, like you said, and just trying to reach some milestones that they could, you know, manage simple daily tasks are frustrating. But every time we do reach one, then it's like so rewarding beyond what most people can imagine if you're not yeah. a special needs parent. Yeah, I actually, it made me tear up. How do you get through? How have you gotten through 21 years of what I consider a very challenging path in life? Right. So I've never given myself a choice. I've always thought this is something I wanted to do, but I also had to do. She needs me. Right. So feeling a need for someone else is so powerful that you feel like if I couldn't provide this for them, then they would be lost without me. Right. And so just knowing that she needed me to be there for her throughout the years and not making it so personal that the things that were happening weren't happening just to me, they were also happening to her and understanding how, you know, powerless that might make her feel and how I have the ability to help has really allowed me to step outside of the situation many times when I just felt like giving up 
and saying, you know, I have to make it another day. That was beautiful and well said. And for me, when it happened yesterday, so it used to happen regularly. And then I don't know why it took so long for me to figure out that onesies and Mm -hmm. You know, was like when I found that it like changed my life around that day that yeah. I figured out that a onesie and pants with a tie would eliminate that situation most of the time. I mean, that was life changing. I usually ask people to give a favorite quote, and I believe that you gave us a quote from First Corinthians. Is that your quote? Yes. For now, we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part but then shall I know even as also I am known. Can you tell us why you like this verse? Yeah, absolutely. I like that verse because, you know, all the things that we don't understand now, right? So with each diagnosis, we don't understand what that might mean or look like in the future. With each new challenge, we don't understand how we're going to get through it, uh, the tools that we're going to need, you know, so it's like seeing through a glass darkly, right? You can't see to the other side, but you know, there's another side there, yeah. right? And so then one day, <laughs> and I look forward to that day, that I have more answers, that I have overcome those challenges, that I can see through the other side, that our children are just as whole and capable and powerful as the next child. And that's why I really clung to a verse like that and other verses and, and quotes that remind me that this is just temporary. This is just a phase that we're going through. It's just a season, every season, you know, there's a beginning and an end. So it's, it's very powerful if you think about it that way. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that with us. And, you know, yesterday, what I had, I reflected to some earlier years when I was more anxious, when I was less emotionally intelligent and my son would get into that situation and I would get angry. Like I would get angry Mm -hmm. at the rest of the kids and I'd get angry at him and probably yell and probably act in ways that aren't okay. And I noticed yesterday after I got him cleaned up, went through three toothbrushes to try and get his mouth as clean as possible for school. And I got him off to school And I like had an emotional moment because I realized like I had grown. I just lovingly took care of him yesterday. I didn't Mm -hmm. like snap. And so I've grown. He has acted the same the whole time. He hasn't done anything wrong. You know, the only person who had to change was me in the way I handled the situation. And Mm -hmm. so it was like a nice moment because I felt, wow, I did grow and he deserves the least that he deserves is for me to care for him in a loving way and not get mad at him for something that he can't have any control of. So, you know, yeah, very much so not making it personal again and just realizing that they have a need that needs met and we're able to meet that need, you know, and sometimes, you know, we don't react the right way. And I've learned to just come back and apologize whether she understands it or not. I'm sorry that I yelled or I'm sorry that I made you feel that way. And I'm sorry that I couldn't help you help me help you, you know, type thing. And I found that to be like life changing to a degree because when she sees that I'm trying and, you know, I'm not mad at her, 
then it opens up the door of communication because we all know, especially with, you know, um, verbally challenged kids when they are having a hard time, a behavioral episode, you know, that is not the time that they want to communicate anything with you except for how frustrated they are. After that's over, then it's important to keep the walls down and, and not block them from wanting to tell us why that happened. And, and we can only do that by not being angry, by being receptive, by apologizing, you know, and keeping that line of communication open. Special needs children make relationships challenging. Mine turned into a disaster. Did it have influence on and challenges put strain on your relationships throughout the years? Absolutely. <laughs> I can't say that we still agree on everything. My husband and I have been married 20 years. It's honestly wow. the grace of God, especially having a special needs child. You know, we each think uh, we should approach the situation a different way. He's always saying that maybe I'm too easy on her, you know, and I think he is always too hard on her and, you know, finding right. that balance in between what's acceptable, what's not, and then coming to an agreement that you're both just trying to help. And it may look different, but as long as the outcome is a positive one, then it's okay. Cause we're all going to fail at it. Right. <laughs> and sometimes miserably, but just giving the other person the same grace you give your child and realizing they're not going to be perfect in the way they do things. And you may not always agree and that's okay. Has yeah. made a huge difference in our marriage over the years. I admire you for staying together. I think it would have been easier on me and my kids if, and I think that for a lot of people I've interviewed who I see go through bad breakups, you know, I just think mm -hmm. The grass is always greener on the other side. And when you get there, you find out that you're this, you still have the same, you, there's challenges there as well. And I just mm -hmm. think it's hard on our kids and on us to bring another challenge into the mix. So when was the birth of your inspiration to become a life coach and tell us kind of what that inspiration was? I would say it was a couple of years back, actually, but I didn't know what kind of life coach at the time that I wanted to be. And I actually fought the idea of being a life coach for special needs families because I thought, you know, this is what I live with every day. It, you know, takes everything that I have out of me as it is. And how am I going to be able to help people that are in the same situation or maybe not where I am now, you know, with anything that I have to say when I'm so depleted already, right? Anyway, and I decided that I had graduated with one degree, but it had taken me 20 years to graduate, like to get a two year degree because life happened, right? I had four kids and one of them had special needs and I just didn't make school a priority. So I would take a class here, a class there. And then 20 years later, uh, back in 2020, when the world was falling apart, I said, you know what? I'm going to finish this. I'm going to graduate. I'm going to make this my year instead of everything going wrong. I'm going to make something go right for myself. And so I got just my associate's degree in general studies and it's because I didn't know yet what I wanted to do when I grew up, right? And anyway, I started thinking about it. What am I good at? What do I like to do? And I realized I like to help people. And at the time, I didn't think that I was a people person, that I you know, was able to talk to people and initiate conversation. And I just think I wasn't, I didn't have the confidence back then. And so someone had mentioned to me, why don't you, you know, coach special needs families? And, you know, I gave them 
the same spiel that I just told you. And I said, I don't, I don't know how, but they said, what else do you have more experience in than this? Right. So you've had over two decades of living this life with the community, being her advocate, you know, being her parent and how else could you better serve people and help them by giving back some of what you've learned. And so I started to embrace that and I went to go and I didn't think, you know, even though you could just wake up tomorrow and say you're a life coach, I didn't think that that would be enough. I wanted to give, you know, my clients more and be well-informed when I was coaching them. So I decided to go for my psychology degree and I will be done with that in, well, May, I get to walk the stage, but I won't be done until August. But I've actually learned a whole lot, you know, by going through the classes and, and seeing the inside of the way that people think. And it's been very beneficial in my business. And I now have clients that I love talking to and I feel like I am helping and I have a purpose and I don't think I'd be able to get to where I am now if my kids weren't older, because when they were younger, there wasn't this opportunity to take time to do something for myself. But I've definitely found what I believe I'm good at and that I can use to help others with. So. I love it. You really give us uh, your testament to back to what you said about there are seasons and mm-hmm. that, you know, cause sometimes in the middle of what I'm doing, it just feels like this is how life's going to be forever. And there's never going to be time for anything else, but the seasons do come and go. And it's amazing that you've embraced it the way you have. And I had the same feeling that you did about the, I didn't want to be involved with more special needs things. And until I, I realized I am, uniquely qualified for the Mm -hmm. position, right? Just as you're uniquely qualified to help people that are just starting on the journey and have no idea what step to take. So I think it's awesome that you are embracing that and helping, and you help anybody in the family or just parents? Yeah, absolutely. Anybody in the family, usually, you know, a parent will come to me you know, I've helped a spouse, I've helped siblings, I've helped family members outside of the immediate family, you know, just cope with living life with a special needs child. But then also like a lot of what you're talking about, people don't know what they want to do, what their purpose is outside of living this life. You know, they feel like this is all there's ever going to be, you know, I'm going to wake up tomorrow, it's going to be the same exact way. So I help them plan, you know, for their future and the goals that they might have reached them and, and feel like, they can do other things and it's okay. Awesome. Can you work with people from anywhere or do they have to be in a a certain area? No. So my business is completely online. (laughs) And so it makes it easy to work with anyone from anywhere. That's great. So how do people get in touch with you? And if you can tell us, but then also if you can send me any information that we can put in the show notes, later for anybody that wants to reach out how but how can people reach you sure so if you just search up my name you know on any kind of social media heather bench or the name of my business which is accept defeat life coaching you should be able to find me on all of the major social media outlets i am mostly on facebook however like i said i have a profile everywhere there is to have one so heather bench and accept defeat life coaching you should be able to find me Awesome. Could you have imagined that you'd have a profile on every social media channel 10, 15 years ago? 
<laughs> no, absolutely not. Especially, like I said, because I didn't think I was a people person. And all I wanted to do is get through the next day, live life with my family and not be noticed. And now it's just the exact opposite. But that's yeah. amazing. At the beginning of the show, I, I mentioned the question of if your child will ever leave home. And I think that that's um, maybe it's a fear I've had. It's definitely a thought I've had many times in my life. Can you tell us about that for you? Yes. So I've tried for half of her life not to think about it, right? And I just hoped because I had other kids that they would hurry up and grow up so that somebody else would be old enough to take care of her if I wasn't able to, right? So we could keep her all in the family and all to ourselves. And we knew her better than anyone else. And that was like my plan. Just cross my fingers and hope yeah. that we will all live to see when everyone is old enough to transfer the responsibility, right? <laughs> and I now say that is a terrible plan. You know, I've seen in other families and then in my own life happens, things change, circumstances come into our lives that we don't expect. And we have to be able to have a plan to meet them. And I got over that phase here recently and I decided that I was going to start making a plan that if she never leaves home, what that's going to look like. And although we've settled into her being at home and it's still my plan to take care of her full time, 24 seven until I can't anymore. Now I'm starting to look behind the scenes and see what it might look like if she doesn't live here. You know, if I get too old or I'm not able. And then having that conversation with my family that it's okay if I'm not here anymore, or I'm not able and you guys can't take care of her, that, you know, we have a plan B. And that way there's no hard feelings, there's no pressure, there's no uh, resentment. It's just all up on the table. Right. So for now, my plans are totally consumed with taking care of her. So anytime we make plans for a long trip, she's in them. You know, we don't leave her behind. We just make accommodations for her. Right. Wow. And and that's sort of how we've went about dealing with it. And now we're just trying to be a little more open minded and and come up with that plan B for the unexpected taking your child on the trip with you and making accommodations. We'll leave that topic for another conversation. <laughs> yeah. That is certainly one that I've struggled with on both sides, leaving him at home and feeling yes. bad and taking him with and the challenges that that entails. But like I said, we'll save that for another show. I feel like your kids are so lucky to have somebody as loving and as consistent as you are, I feel that God has blessed them with a parent like you, and I'm assuming your husband. And I think it's great to know that there's four kids out there that have people in their corner that love them, because I don't think everybody has that. Well, I appreciate that. Just kind of in closing, either from what we've talked about or just whatever's on your heart, what do you say to the, the person who's at the beginning of your journey and they have all these questions and they have no answers and they don't think that they have what it takes to carry out what's needed to care for this child. What do you say to them? So I would say this, first and foremost, 
you can do it alone, but you are not alone, right? And so embracing the community, the special needs community, the supports that are out there and available, they have so much more now than when my daughter was young. Asking for help, it's okay to ask for help. It doesn't make you weak. You know, we all learn things differently at different times in our lives and I'm still learning. So being open to learning, also understanding that your journey is going to be very different than the next person, even if your child has the same diagnoses and being willing to accept that life, while it may look different, is not necessarily bad, it's just different. And then also really just forgiving yourself for the expectations you might've had that your child doesn't live up to and adapting those expectations into the best way to support your child is some of the greatest helps that I found over my own journey that could help anyone that's just getting started. That's awesome. So anyone in Naked Parent Nation that's listening, if you need some support, you can find Heather Bench on social media and on different online channels. And Heather, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy life to be with us and share your heart and your knowledge. And I hope we can stay connected and continue this journey together. And I wish you and your family all the best. Absolutely. I look forward to it. And about those onesies, if you turn them around backwards, it makes all the difference when they learn how to unsnap them. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Thank you very much. Have a great day. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This concludes our show for today. And I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes And we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.